Hi, and welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray as you listen, God would meet you and speak to you in a personal way. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. Well, good morning, church. Got a full house. Good to be here. 2020. Wow. Are you ready for this new year? If you're not, well, it's still going to happen. <laughs> Well, we want to start the year in God, right? We want to start the year on, on the right foot. And uh, this is why in, all, in every January uh, for the last so many years, we start with a time of fasting and praying. And just to let you know that we have this brochure at the Info Center. It gives uh, us uh, info in regard to the fast, how it looks like, what kind of fast you, you, can, uh, you can make. So take a look at it. Get one, at the, uh, get one in the back. At the same time, that was also in the chair in front of you. Uh, bring that home. What we want to do in this new year is that we want to start the year uh, with seeking the Lord uh, because we need a move. Can you tell your neighbor that we need a move? We need to see a move. We want to see God work in our lives in a new way, in a fresh way, right? Uh, we just don't want to live our life uh, status quo, just barely making it or just... Uh, uh, doing life uh, or following God by the skin of our teeth. Uh, what we want, we want to go deeper. We want to experience God in a new way. So maybe you're not familiar with the word fasting. Um, Daniel Fast, it's not a name of a person. Actually, there's someone in church, his name is Daniel Fast. But uh, <laughs> Daniel Fast, it's about taking three weeks aside where we focus on God, where we seek his face. All right? So I challenge you, and that's what I'm going to share to you this morning. I'm going to challenge you to take a step, to get wet, to, uh, to make a decision, to go deeper when it comes to God. So I challenge you in the next few weeks to draw close to God. There's a verse that uh, got my attention when it came to uh, uh, this fast. It's, it's found in James chapter 4, verse 8. It says, um, draw close to God because God wants to draw close to you. And God wants to draw close to us, but one of the things that needs to happen is we need to respond. Um, God is awesome, right? We look at the cross. We celebrated the cross before, uh, before Christmas. We had communion as a church. It was a great time. We celebrated the fact that we're blessed by God, and we, we're blessed in so many different ways. We have this heritage in the Lord. We have a future with Him. Our books are written in the book of life. That's pretty amazing, right? Um, at the same time, there's a need for us to pursue God. There's a need for us to, to take a step forward and say, God, I want you in my life. I, I want to see you in my life. So, so when it comes to stepping in what God has in store, there's a need for me to cooperate or to respond to God's invitation. God's not going to do it alone. He will want me. He wants me to respond and to, uh, and to say yes to what he has to say. I, I like what it says in Psalm 81 verse 10. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. Can you tell your neighbor to open wide their mouth? Open wide your mouth. (laughs) God wants to fill it. So if you zip your mouth and you close yourself up, you're going to miss on what God wants to do. And And God gives a snapshot that he brought us out of Egypt 
talking about new life, that we were saved. He brought us out of captivity. And at the same time, he wants us to open our mouth up, up. He wants us to open our hearts up to what he wants to do and what he wants to say. So the thing is, I can be set free of Egypt and I can walk my life with my mouth closed and missing out on what God wants to do, missing out on his feeling, missing out on his provision, missing out on what he has in store for me. So there's a need to be hungry and there's a need to be thirsty when it comes to the Lord. Um, one of the things that makes church church is when we as a body, we seek after God. Imagine to do church without seeking after God. Imagine to do church without being hungry and thirsty for God to move. Uh, the church would die. The church would become dry as bones, right? So, so one of the mandate and one of the, one of the calling that we have as a church, as a believer, is to thirst and long for God. And to, see, to, to have a desire of God to move in our lives and to have a desire of God to uh, reveal himself to us. So that's an invitation that we will uh, throw at you, that we're throwing at you in this month. is for you, for us to pursue God and to move towards God. I remember reading a, a long time ago an article from Billy Graham, and he was, a he was defining what fasting was for him. He, he gave this illustration of, uh, of uh, being in a boat and seeing the shoreline, and uh, he was saying it's, fasting is like, and praying is like uh, getting close to the shoreline, and you, you get your motor up, and then you throw your anchor because there's some current, and so you throw your anchor, and you're pulling yourself to the shore. Uh, fasting is not that God gets closer to us because he's always close. It's us getting closer to him. And I think that's the call of the church. That's my call and your call. It's to get closer to God. And when you get close to God and when you draw close to him and you seek after him, he's going to reveal yourself, himself to you. And there's that need to understand that God's not going to do it alone. And that's what I want to sow in your heart this morning, that God is here and God wants to move. God is in this house. God is walking in the church. Jesus is still walking in the church like in the book of Revelation. But he wants me to respond. He wants me to take a step forward. He, want me, he wants me to thirst and desire him. It says in John chapter 7, verse 37, On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. If anyone is thirsty. You know what I like about this verse? God is not a respecter of person. Wherever you are, wherever you are in this journey of life, if you thirst for God, if you respond, to the invitation of, of coming and drinking the water of life. He's going to fill you. And Jesus is standing in the church today, and he says, if anyone is thirsty, come and drink. So I have the choice of walking by and closing my heart, or I have the choice of saying, God, I'm thirsty for you. I long for you. I want to see you in my life. And I believe that if corporately, me, my, I was going to see me, myself, and I, but me and you guys, if we, if we thirst for God, He's going to move. He's going to reveal himself in our lives. He's going to change our climate. He's going to change uh, what's happening around us. And so we want to see God in our lives. And, and sometimes we're waiting for heaven. But I believe wait, heaven is waiting for us. Sometimes we say, oh, God, if you would move. And God is saying, if you would seek me, if you would desire me, if you would ask, if you would seek, if, if, if you would knock, if you, were if you would persist, if you would be hungry, if you would be pursuing me with all your heart, then I would move. You look at every move of God, 
Every revival that we look, when we look back at history, it's linked to a people that were desperate. It's linked to a group of people that were desperate for God and said, God, we want you to move. You, we want you to, to, to reveal yourself. We want you to show up in our lives. And it, it's, it's simple, right? It, it's not linked to education. It's not linked to your past. It's linked to the fact that you're hungry and you desire God to show up in your life today. So, so my invitation for you in this month is that you would put some time aside and you would say, God, I, I want you. I, I seek for you. I, I desire you in my life. And you see so many examples in the Bible of people that were thirsty and hungry for God. You got this example in Psalm 42 where it says, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? There's a hunger to stand, to go in his presence. Day and night I have only tears for food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I, I walked among the crowds of worshipers leading a great procession in the house of God to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. See, David here, he's talking about, he's, he's saying that he's thirsty for God. He's hungry for God. And he remembers times of old where he was before God and he was celebrating God. And he's in a place of difficulty and it's, he's going through challenges when he wrote this song. And if you look at verse 11, it says, Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. You see here, he says, I want this. I want God. You see in verse 11, he, he says, I will pursue God. It's, it's a hard situation. I've got challenges, but I remember when God revealed himself in my life. I remember when I experienced him. I want to experience him again. And I think that's the call that we have as, as a people. It's to say, God, I want, to, I want you to move in a fresh way. I want you to bring a second Pentecost. I want you to reveal my, yourself in my life and in you in a fresh way. And, and I just pray that we would have this hunger and this thirst for God because God can change our world. God can change our circumstances. God can make the difference that we're hoping for. But there's a need for me and you to seek for him. There's a need for me and you to desire him and to long for him. And that's the key ingredient. Uh, we, we find in the Bible the son of David, uh, Solomon, he had this mandate of building this huge temple. And what he did, he went beyond the expectation. He built this massive temple. And his desire was for God to show up. And in chapter 6 of Second Chronicle, he's praying and he's seeking God to intervene. He was saying, God, if we build all this and you don't show up, what's the point? In, 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 the, in the same chapter, we see uh, the singers and the musicians, the harpists, the drummers, the whole worship team come together, and they started to jam together, and they started to sing, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And the glory of God came in the house. It was so thick, it was so overwhelming that they couldn't play anymore. The presence of God was so thick, they were there, and, and they were just struck by God, and they were in awe. The, 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 the glory of God just settled in, and they were just filled with the Spirit, filled with the presence of God. And that was the heart of Solomon. It was saying, God, I want you to be in the house. I believe that if we have that desire 
to see God in our home, to see God in our life, to see God in the church, God in our workplace. When there's a desire and a hunger for God, God's going to come. He's going to move. He's going to overwhelm us. He's going to change and rock our world. But the thing is, there's, there's a need to respond. If you look at 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, God says, I want to move in. I want to settle. I want to make my habitation in you, with you. But you've got to respond. And look what he says. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Wow. Heal their land. So it's way beyond just you and me. It's our land. And says, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. You see, God says, I will always be there, but you've got to seek me. You've got to desire me. Like God doesn't force himself. He doesn't kick the door open of your life. He says, I want to, like I shared a few weeks ago, he wants in. So here the condition of God moving in was to humble, pray, seek his face, turn from your wicked ways. You know, it's a great time right now as we start this new year to say, God, I want to start right. I want to start with you. I want to pursue you. I want to pursue you. And if you choose to do that, like I said, God is not a respecter of person. Listen, if you choose to pursue God and to be on this hunt of God, I, I like to give this example. I, I, I don't want to be happy with the moose tracks. I want to see the moose. You know, you hear about this big buck that passed by. You look at the tracks. And I, I, I love to get, give that illustration because in my, you know, I was going to say my former, former life, my younger life, I did a lot of hunting and moose hunting, but, and, I, and we would, the joke was, I can never bring a track home for supper, even though it was big and fresh. It's never good enough. I want to see the moose. You know, we hear about God, and we hear about stories and, in Indonesia and in Africa and so on, and, and we look at where we are, and we say, God, we need to move. We need to see something happen in the church. I need to see my heart be touched. I need to see my heart be moved. I need to go deeper. I need to, to get wet. I need to, to go forward. And, and if, if, I, if, I, if I respond in that way, I believe that we will see a move. As much as we're blessed to see what God is doing, but I believe that God wants to do more. So there's this need for me to respond, you see? God wants to show up in your life. Listen, he wants to show up in your life, but you need to respond. You need to respond. And you might say, well, I'm not really thirsty for God. I'm not really hungry for God. Ask him, give me a thirst, God. Give me a hunger. Open my eyes to my need of you. Because the bottom line is that we need God. I cannot do his will without him. I cannot do what I'm called to do without him. So if I want to see the blessings that follows him, I need to be with him. So I need God in my life. So I challenge you this morning to say, God, I, 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 I want to respond to you. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 14, Jesus, Jesus talks about fasting when it comes to his disciples. He sa it says, then John's, then John's disciple, the disciples of John the Baptist, came and asked him, how is it that we and the Pharisee fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he's with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and then they will fast. And then they will fast. What is fasting? The Hebrew 
In the Hebrew, it means to close your mouth. So you open your mouth to God, but you're closing your mouth to food. And the Greek talks means um, abstaining from food. It's to refrain from food for a period of time for spiritual purpose. It's not a diet, okay? It's basically what you're saying. Fasting is, God, I want you more than my needs or my wants. It's for example, you're at, uh, at, at the house and, and it's Netflix, Netflix time, right? And then you have this remote or it might be Sportnet time, whatever it is. And you have this little black little bar with a red button on it. And uh, you, uh, what you usually do, you go home at a certain time and you press that little red button. And the screen comes on, right? And, and, so, and, you, and you're watching your favorite show, you're watching your TV. Imagine if you would, uh, tomorrow night, when it's what you usually do, you don't press that red button. And then your wife looks at you and says, what, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to go in the basement. I, I want to seek the Lord. Her jaw would probably f- fall. The kids would be slain in the spirit, you know, saying, what, what happened there? Wow, you know. But there's a decision I have to make. There's a decision I have to make, like, am I going to pursue God? It, it, it takes effort. You've got to make a decision. It doesn't matter the age where you're at. It's when you say, God, I, I, I want you more than this. And you know, right, we, we get glued on the TV, and we, don't even, we, we watch a few episodes. We don't even remember the first one we watch. We just filter, filter in. It's like kind of a, we, come, we go to a, this place where we want to empty ourselves of the business and the stress of this day. Why don't we do it with God? Why don't we pursue God and say, God, I, I'm going to focus on you in this month. I'm going I'm to put things aside. I, 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 I want to take a hold of you. It's like Jacob, when he fought against the angel of the Lord, he says, hey, Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Imagine if we would have that, that desire and, and that persistence in our lives where we'd say, God, I won't let you go until you bless me. I won't let you go until you bless me. I'll go a little deeper. I'll, I'll stay a little longer. I want you to show up. I really want you to show up in my life. I just don't want to have Christianity stuck in my head. I want to live it. I want to experience you. Imagine if that's a desire and that's our desire. I think God's going to move us and change us. So... So fasting is more focused, it's more focus-based than food. It's more taking the time to focus on God. It's really more than that. It's more than food. It's you focus on God. It, it's saying yes to the Spirit and, and no to the body. It's more saying yes to the Spirit where you say, God, I want you. And, and, and fasting is saying that you want God more than the things that you have in your life. It's, it's being desperate to hear His voice, to meet with Him more than to satisfy the me. You know, fasting was practiced by God's people. There's 75 mentions in the Bible of fasting. I think it's a lost art in the church today. Like, we are consumers, and it's hard for us to focus on God, let go of stuff, and, and having a drive for God. You look at Moses, he fasted. Samuel, David, Elijah, Nehemiah, Daniel, Ezra, Jesus, Paul, the apostle. Jesus fasted for 40 days, was led by the Spirit, to be fasted. You can't be led by the Spirit to fast. Wow, eh? God, don't lead me that way, right? <laughs> but to be led by the Spirit to fast. You look at one of the first writing, uh, the Didache, the first century instruction manual, encourages fasting. Not like the Pharisees where they did it for the image 
and for uh, getting brownie points. Uh, it was because when he was in the first writing, it talks about being hungry for God. We need God in, in our world. You look at how the church was built. You look at the, uh, the original church, our uh, forefathers, the, the, the original, the, the fathers of the church, it was based on prayer. It was based on fasting. You look at uh, um, Epiphanius, a bishop of Italy in the 5th century says, who does not know that the fast of the 4th and the 6th days of the week are observed by Christians throughout the world. So it was taken for granted in the first, first centuries that the church would fast and pray and seek the Lord's face because it was pivotal for the move of God because God cooperates with us. Prayer makes a way for God to move. So, so when we embrace prayer and we fast and we seek his face, we're opening the door for God to move and to step in. So it was there in the early church. It's an expression of desperation. Like revivals were birthed in prayer based on the act of desperation. Um, there's a little snapshot of, of a revival that happened in, in, uh, in, in Welsh. And it's called the Welsh Revival in, in 1904 with uh, Evan Roberts, a uh, 26-year-old miner. And uh, 26-year-old. It's not a young pup. He's not, a, he's not an old pup. He's a young kid, right? 26 for me. Yeah, it's for you guys, for some of you, uh, might not be the, the, the same. But for me at my age, when I look at someone 26, hey, he's still wet behind the, but behind the years. Hey? And 26 years, 26 years old. And he had this prayer, bend, bend me, Lord. That's the theme of the revival. Bend me, Lord. Come or I die. Come or I die. It was a desperation for God at 27 years old. And God moved in such a way that in a period of two years or so, there's 100,000 people that committed their life to Jesus Christ. Based on, based on a hunger and a thirst of a young man at 27 years old that said, I want you to move God. I'm thirsty for you. I'm tired of religion. I'm tired of just seeing stang in Christianity. You need to show up. You need to move. And there was a pursuit of God. And it flowed into uh, to, to the Americas. And we, 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 we benefit from that. We don't really see it today. But based on that, that awakening in Welsh and after that at Sousa Street and so on, it really, rocked, or it really rocked North America. And one of the reasons why is because people were thirsty and hungry for God. Imagine in GMC if we would have a hunger and a thirst for God and we would say, God, I'm not going to let you go until you bless God, come or I die. If you don't come, what's the point of doing church? Come. You have to come. You have to move. It's not, a, a, it's not kind of a luxury. It's a need. It's a call for God to move. And I believe that if we, if we, if we, get, if we take in this, this truth or we build this atmosphere, this desire for God led by the Spirit, I think God's going to move. So why, why do I want to fast? First reason why I want to fast, because I, I want to get closer to God. It's when I say yes to God and say no to other stuff, it really is an act of persistence. It's pressing, pressing in. Can you tell your neighbor, press in. Press in. It's to press in. It's to press in for God, right? So this is why we want to fast, is because we want to get closer to God. The second reason why we want to fast is because we want to refocus, we want to recalibrate our life. 
Because sometimes our life is out of, of line. I'll give you my example when it comes to my physical health. In the last three years, I didn't really care for my body. I was just eating and doing whatever. And I was gaining, gaining weight, gaining weight all the time. And I needed to make a decision. Okay, am I going to continue this way or will I, make a, will I do a change? And I needed to do a change. It's the same thing when it comes to my spiritual or your spiritual health. How, how healthy are you spiritually? Where are you in your walk with Jesus, really? You know inside. How, how close are you from God? How religious is your walk with God or how genuine, how real it is? And the thing is, you got to take a stand, make a decision and say, hey, I want to refocus. My life is out of order right now. And you might, have, may, you might have your life out of order right now. Maybe your spirituality is out of order. And it's a great time to refocus, to say, God, I, I'm going to you. I, I want to pursue you. I want you in my life. Great time to do that. I challenge you. I invite you to do that. And that's what we see in Joel chapter 2, verse 12. It says, even now, declares the Lord, return to me. Recalibrate your life. Return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. And weeping and fasting, uh, weeping and mourning here talks about desperation. Rend your heart and not your garment. Don't go through the motion. It's not a religious duty. It's, it's you rend your heart. I like the image of rending your heart because it's not a clean cut. It's, it's raw. It's sincere. It's from the heart. You rend your heart and not your garment. Return to, re, return to the Lord your God. For he's gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And he, relents, and he relents from sending calamity. But here it says that God wants to reveal his grace, his compassion, his forgiveness. But what I need to do, I need to return to him. I need to rend my heart. I need to say, God, I want you. I desire you in my life. And uh, it will bring freedom in your life. It will create an open heaven over your head. I, I remember one of my first fasts that I did. I was, um, I was 23. That was my second biggest one. I was 23. I was a young pastor. And I went on this fast. And uh, I felt there was an open heaven. Like after a few days, a few first days were, were difficult. I had headaches because of caffeine withdrawal and, and all, that, uh, all of that. And after a while, it got easier, and I felt there was an open heaven to the point I didn't want to come back because I felt the closeness of God. I, I, I can agree with Billy, Billy Graham where it seems like you're, you're drawing closer to him. And so it opens up your spirit. It opens up your man. It brings, it brings, it brings a break in, it brings, it brings a, a weakness in your body where you, it brings humility in your heart where you, you're more vulnerable before, before the Lord. And that's what we see in Joel too where you rend your heart and, and you become more vulnerable. And, and, and I believe this is so necessary for us to move forward to be vulnerable before God, where we are an open target to God, where we don't have walls before him, but that we are an open target. We say, God, here I am. Take me. Reveal yourself in my life. And that's what God is looking for. I believe this is what God is, uh, is waiting for. Why do I want, why do I fast and pray? It's because I need to receive direction. If you need direction in your life, take some time aside. Seek after him. This is how the early church made decisions. If you look in Acts chapter 14, verse 23, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. So, so, they, so they, uh, they fast and pray to see the new elders take, uh, take, take their role and fly in their new position, but they also fasted and prayed for the selection of elders. You look at Acts chapter 13 verse 1, while they were worshiping, the Lord 
and, and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work of, to which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. You see in the early church, decisions were made in prayer and fasting. And it's not because, listen to this, it's not because a door is open that God has opened that door. It's not because a door is closed that God has closed that door. There's some closed door in your life that God wants to open. And there's open doors in your life that God doesn't want you to step in. And how do you know? It's by discerning. It's by hearing Him. It's by walking a close walk with Him. It's more than just going blindly. And this is why fasting and praying is huge. Because you're saying, God, what are you saying? What do you want to do? What is the direction you have for me? That's how they did it in the early church. This is, what the, this is how the prophet functioned. And I believe it's the same way God never changed. God wants us to go before Him and wait upon Him to, to hear what He has to say. So, so, so fasting place, places me in a place of vulnerability. And there, there's a quote from Jim Simbala. He says, God is attracted to weakness. God is attracted to weakness. When we're vulnerable, God is attracted to that. So what we want to do when we fast, what happens when we fast is when we become vulnerable because we, we, we become weak. I was talking to someone today that he's preparing for the fast and there's caffeine withdrawal. And he was saying, I feel it in my bones. You know, that it brings weakness. And then you turn to God. It, it, it does that, right? So, so vulnerability is an ingredient for us to, it's an ingredient for us to receive what God wants to give us. And one of the ways that, one of the ways that bring vulnerability is, is when you fast. So why do you want to fast? If you want to see a breakthrough, if you want to see a breakthrough in your life, then you press on. You press, you press on. You move forward. You, you take a hold of God. And that's what happened in Daniel chapter 10, verse 2. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips. I used no lotions at, at all until the three weeks were over. What happened is God gave him a vision of what, the, what was going to happen to the Israelites. And there would be a lot of attacks and a lot of nations that would come at war with the Israelites. So he started to fast for three weeks and uh, the angel uh, Michael came to him and he said, Daniel, God heard you the first day. But the angel or the, the demons of, uh, of Persia was in a battle with me. So when you fast, it's way beyond you. There's a spiritual battle uh, that is happening over your head. So when you fast and pray, what, you, what you're doing, you're, making, you're, you're, you're working with God, you're cooperating with God in this war. And, and, and for Daniel, God heard him the first day, but it took 21 days for the angel to come because there was a battle. So there's a battle going on over the church. There's a battle going on over my head. And one of the things I need to, to realize that I can make a difference and how can I make the difference is when I devote myself to God and I take a time where I seek his face. I look at Esther, the same thing in chapter 4, verse 16, where she asked the Israelite to pray and fast for three days, three nights and three days, because uh, uh, the enemy wanted to destroy the Israelite and God intervened. But it was a response. They needed to respond. The Israelite needed to respond. It's the same thing for us today. We need to respond. So why do we want to fast? Because we want to be filled with the Spirit. Amen? We want to be filled with the Spirit. So we want to be renewed on the inside. We also want to usher God's will. I believe that prayer and fasting prepares the way for the will of God. It gives, it's like, I like to say that you're pregnant, we're pregnant of God's will. And prayer is giving birth to God's will. 
And God has chosen to use prayer to do that, to birth His will through the church. That's what happened in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before God, before the God of heaven. The, the, the walls were in ruins. And God, there, there, would, there was a need for divine intervention. And I can't spend a lot of time on this text. Just this text could be a sermon on its own. But he prayed and he fasted and it brought a breakthrough. Ian Bowen, one of uh, the greatest author on prayer, he, he, he wrote this. Praying saints are God's agents for carrying on his saying in providential work on earth. If his agents fail him, neglecting to pray, then his work fails. Praying agents of the Most High are always forerunners for spiritual prosperity. I'm not from Winkler. I don't have a Mennonite background. Like I say, I'm a French Mennonite now. But... At one point in your past, there's some people that prayed and fasted. And what happened is we surf from that wave of the faithfulness and the commitment of former generation. And uh, the thing is, we have other generations coming up. And there's a need for us to create another wave. And that wave will only happen when we commit ourselves to Christ. And that wave will only happen when we seek his face, when we desire him, when we long for him. And, and we look at where we are as, as, an, as a nation. I think it's time for the church to arise and to seek his face and to say, Hey, God, you're more important than Netflix. Come on. You're more important than my hockey game. Come on. There needs to be a burning desire, a freshness of God in our heart. It needs to happen. It needs to happen. And when it will and when it, it, it's going to be there, there's going to be a response. God's going to move and God's going to work. So prayer ushers in God's will. How can you fast? Well, we've got a different examples that you find in the Bible here. Well, it's going to be there, yeah. One-day fast, one-night fast, three-day fast, seven-day fast, 21-day fast, 40-day fast. If you go on a 40-day fast, please consult your doctor. Uh, cooperated fast, where we fast as a church. That's what we're doing, national fast. So there's different ways to do fast. And I know that we all have different jobs. And some of you, you say, well, I can't go on a water fast. It's fine. It's not about what you... Like, it's not about as much what you let go than what you focus on. Um, but you might say no to choice foods. You might say for the next 21 days, I'm not going to eat any meat. I'm going uh, to put that aside. I'm going to pursue God with, uh, with my time. You might put sweets, caffeine, smoking, alcohol aside. Technology is a big thing, right? While social media, entertainment, TV, movies, slow down from work. For, for the next three weeks, and so I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to take some time. Because it has to be linked with taking time with God. If you're going to fast and not taking time with God, it's not going to be positive. It's not going to be a good thing. That's what you call that a diet. That's a diet, right? So you want to focus on God. You want to take time to connect with God, where you pray, where you read your Bible. But you, you, you got to make this commitment, right? I invite you, I challenge you to make this commitment. Join as join as a church, as a church member in that commitment. Come with expectation. Remember that God wants to meet with you. 
and don't give up and enjoy the time with God. Like I said, it might not be easy, but you'll be blessed by it and you'll see a growth in your life and you'll see a breakthrough in your life. So my prayer this morning is as a church, I convey what was on my heart is that we would be a church that pursues and longs for God. Like I said, God is not a respecter of person. Wherever you are, whatever age, whatever you are in, in life, if you pursue God, God's going to respond. But I gotta, I, I've got to let you, let you know, though, that when you pursue God and you meet with God, you'll become contagious. You'll become contagious. Because you cannot see God and stay the same. You cannot experience God and be quiet. You want to be a great witness? You want to, you want to be able to uh, f- overcome sin in your life? You're tired of being caught in the same place? Experience God. It changes everything. It changes everything. So I challenge you as I'm wrapping up this morning that you would say, hey, yeah, I'm going to step forward. I'm, I, I'm, going, to, I'm going to commit. I'm going to take some time to connect with God. Amen. I would ask you to stand. Thank you so much for listening. Lord, we stand before you and uh, we thank you so much for your love and your affection. You're so awesome. You're so good. We thank you for your patience and your grace and your mercy, your compassion, your goodness, your faithfulness. Wow, you are amazing. Lord, may you put in my heart a desire to pursue you. God, put in my heart a hunger for you. I, I repent of being so distracted and, and being not aligned with you or I'm caught up with the things of this world and, and I forget that you invite me to the table, that you have a table dressed for me and that you want to sit with me and you want to reveal yourself to me. So Lord, I choose this morning to, to pursue you. I, I don't know exactly how. I need your help. Holy Spirit, May you give me a hunger and a desire for Father, a desire for the will of Father, a desire for your presence, a desire for you to be real in me. God, stir my heart in you. Give me a a desire for the things that concerns you. Yes, Lord, refresh my heart. Wash over my heart this morning. Ah, yes, Father. I, I say no to the lies of the enemy that tells me that I'm not good enough, that, that I'm not worthy. I want to run to you, Lord. I want to run to you. I want to touch you. Like this lady that had a blood issue and and she touched you in a special way. I want to touch you in this way, Lord. Give me this desire to go through the crowd and to touch you. Give me this persistence, God, of wanting to touch you and longing for you more than anything, where my eyes are welded on you, where my heart is focused on you, where I say, God, come. I bend in you, God. Come or I die. I want you. are the most important thing in my life. I want to see you. I want to meet with you. I want you to invade my life. I want you to take over my heart, God. Come, come. The Spirit and the Bride says, Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. We want you. We want you, Lord. Be glorified. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us on the GMC podcast. For more information about what's going on this week, check out gmchurch.ca. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful week.